Thank you guys. How are many of you are excited? Excited for God. I mean, we shouldn't be excited for anything else but Jesus. So uh, thank you, um, NextGen team, that has been working so hard to make this happen. So we all should have a good expectation, the right kind of expectation to NextGen. It's not an event, but it is, it's, it's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit for his people. Amen. So um, I have a, I'm sorry, it's me again. <laughs> sorry, some of you are probably really bored. It's, you like Ko, Ko Erwan, Juma, this this, this, this week, uh, I just, I'm just being obedient to the Lord, amen? So it's not about me, it's about what the Lord is about to say in our midst. So, so, so uh, while worshiping this morning, it's very interesting how God speaks to you through worship because it's an open portal between heaven and earth. That's where God really encounters you in Sunday worship, right? So, so what he's, he's showing me this morning, we are finishing the series, What Are You Hiding? And he's, he's showing me this Big picture of a puzzle. How many of you like puzzles in this place? Okay, good. Just two of you <laughs> and me. Um, the people in our house that really love puzzles is me, Allison, and Ethan. Uh, we bond over puzzles, and we love puzzles. But the funny thing is, like, every time we finish a set, like a thousand uh, pieces set, there's always one piece missing in the end. Always, always. And we spent time looking for it, looking for it. And at like our third puzzle, we found out that it's always Eli that hides the puzzle because he always wants to be the one that like finished that piece <laughs> because he didn't want to be involved in anything at all. He wants to be a part of the, the team, right? So it's always Eli, give it up. I know it's you. <laughs> at first we were looking all over, but by the third one, I know it's you, give it up. You know? <laughs> so, so it's always in his pockets, like here it is. I want to put it back. So, so what the Lord is showing me today is that a lot of us are building something something good right in our care group in our career in our life but there's something in your pocket there's one piece that the Lord's saying you're still hiding that one and I want that piece amen I don't know what that is but the Lord say one of you like me probably you have to give it up because without that one piece I don't know, it's probably an old habit, it's probably a thought, you know, worry or anxiety. Without that one piece, the picture is not complete. And the Lord wants our full surrender. Amen? So that's it. So I want to I wanna, uh, talk to you today. I want to finish my series from last week uh, from Jonah. How many of you know that Jonah is the shortest passage in the Bible? Only four passages. Ten minutes, you read it, it's done. <laughs> that's why it's so many things to unpack. So the roadmap that we talked about yesterday is that God, it's not about Jonah, it's about God pursuing his people, his relentless pursuit for you and me. And last week, we were talking about God is pursuing us in the midst of our disobedient, our avoidance, our spiritual slumber. And this week, I want to touch about God is pursuing relentlessly, pursuing you in the midst of your depression, your worry, your anxiety. And the third one is our distractions. Amen. How many of you are excited? So I'm just so, this, okay. I'm not preaching this because I'm above you. This thing preached to me first, and I'm the first one who repent. Amen, guys? So what he wants is our heart. So coming here, um, uh, God is pursuing us in the midst of de our depression. Jonah 1, I'm going to read to you verse 15 to 17. Uh, if you go to the next slide, that was last week. And then this week, we're going to talk about our depression. Jonah 1, 15, 17. Then sailors, after... After Jonah woke up from his slumber, 
the sailors picked Jonah up and threw him into the raging sea, and the storm stopped at once. And the sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power, and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. And now the Lord has arranged for a great fish. Everybody say that. Great fish. It's a fun thing to say. To swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside that fish for three days and three nights. Guys, I do not know who this message is for, but it was clear in my heart that the Lord wants to talk to some of us in this place who feel like we are under the water. Not physically, none of us are swimming, but mentally, and you're just feeling overwhelmed. Some of us are drowning with the worries of life, um, with anxiety of the future. Some of us are sinking mentally and spiritually in like deep struggles of family matters and career. And we are probably overwhelmed and in over our heads with pressures of life. And the Lord wants to tell you that even that, even then, my eyes are fixed on you and I will send for you and snatch you out of that deep waters. Amen. He is on it, guys. He is on it. So next slide. How many of you... Uh, know about this movie. It's a very clean, inspiring movie. We watch it with our children. Uh, it's called uh, True Spirit. It is a true story about a 16-year-old uh, girl, Australian sailor. Her name is Jessica Watson, and she attempted to become the youngest person to sail around the world solo in her sailboat by herself. She named her boat Pink. So it's like very gullible girl, you know, have a big dream. And the media was scrutinizing them, the parents. How could you let a 16-year-old teenage girl sail around the world by herself? You know, that's a crazy idea. But the true story is she made it to the finish line. And what people didn't know is that about like a few miles before her finish line, she weathered all the different storms, but ate about like 10, probably 10 miles before she finished, she faced the biggest, fiercest storm of her, of, of her sail, and her boat went under the water for like about 15 feet for I don't know how long. So connections are all lost. People thought she's dead. And, and, and I kind of like, I want to show you what it looks like, and I kind of relate with this scene. <laughs> so can, can the video be played for whatever happened? This is her family. She's from Sydney, Australia, so we can... Turn, turn down the light for a little bit. It's a little dark, so. Uh, <laughs> when I see this movie, and then the scene keep repeating in my mind, and the Lord, I feel like the Holy Spirit is, is like nudging me in the heart. Joy, do you know that's what you guys have been through in the past four years? <laughs> in the community, we've been through a lot. As a church, as a family, maybe there's COVID, right? There's like struggles in the family. There's uh, uncertainty of the future. We don't know what happened in your life. But, but the Lord's like saying that, hey, you know what? I see you when you are weathering your storms of life with rejections or anxiety or fear. The Lord sees us gasping for air. And you know, some of us are probably done with the storm. We're in the op big open space. Great. <laughs> we receive breakthrough and we move on. However, there are still some of us here who are still struggling and it's getting harder and harder to breathe. We're still gasping for air. I want, I'm here to let you know today that God is not moving on until you come up to the surface again. Amen. He's not just on to like super holy people and the preacher. No, he is here to seek the one that is still lost and struggling. He leaves the 99 to find the one. And if you're the one who's still struggling, 
This message is for specifically for you. Amen. He's pursuing you. He's pursuing you. If you go to the next slide. Drowning feeling is not a good feeling. That's probably the worst way to die. I really don't want to be in a deep ocean water like Jonah, you know, like slowly sinking. But life happens, guys, you know, like college applications. Sometimes our kids got sick. Our family got sick. We are faced with bankruptcy or family problems. And we have no other choice but to sink. Some people sink into like deep sadness. Some sink into a mild depression, into a serious depression. And some sink into like a sense of hopelessness and isolation. And you know you're depressed if you have these signs. You have like this overlooming sense of sadness that won't go away. And you're just feeling hopeless all the time. Like outside you're happy and bubbly. You try, it's, you can only fake it for so long, but when you're alone in your room, you're just feeling down all the time. Lost interest over pleasures of life. You, are ang you have angry outbursts and like unexplainable irritability towards other people. You're always anxious and tired. You're feeling worthless and guilty. And there's frequent recurrent thoughts of death and suicide that does not come from God. That comes from the enemy. But the Lord says, today is the day it ends. <laughs> Amen. The Lord wants to set you free because this is not the end of the story, you guys. If you see, if you go to the next slide, when you reach rock button, the only way is up because the, the best picture, like I kind of want to frame this picture, is when you're in over your head, God is reaching out to you to bring you up. In the midst of your, your depression, the Lord arranged for the, great, for the great fish to swallow Jonah. So, so next slide. The, the deep, the, the big fish that the Lord sent to you, it has a lot of different forms. <laughs> like uh, some of it, it, it's probably your friend that is like calling you all the time, like won't let you off the hook. But when I see this big fish, you know, the funny thing is the Lord said, doesn't it, uh, doesn't it look a lot like care group, like community? It's like you thought you're being swallowed by this crazy people excited about Jesus, but you're actually being sheltered in the, the community of God. How many of you love care group in this place? I love care group. You know, like you're being swallowed in like this big crammy space <laughs> of people, you know? Like, like in, inside the big fish, it's sometimes it's, 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 it's hectic, it's, uh, um, it's fishy. It's like, what is his motivation? What's her motivation? It's crammy sometimes. But you know, inside that community of God, you can breathe again. Jonah wasn't, be, wasn't able to breathe until he was swallowed by the fish. And then he could breathe again. He could hear God again. He felt sheltered by the fish that God sent to shelter him, not to kill him. Amen? So whoever, wherever you are, do not, do not run away from your fish. Do not despise your fish. Amen? Um, you are not being swallowed. You're being sheltered. So um, next slide. What do you do when you, you hit rock bottom? Cry out to God. He, has, he hears you and he answers you. Jonah 1-2 said, I cry out to the Lord in my great trouble and he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead and the Lord, you, you hurt me. You threw me to the ocean depths. And I sank down to the heart of the sea and the mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried between your wild and stormy ways. So friends, if you're feeling down and depressed, every day cry out to God. This is what Jonah prayed, by the way, in the belly of the fish. He said, number two, fix your eyes on Jesus. He said, oh, Lord, you have driven me from your presence. Yet 
I will look once more towards your holy temple when I sank beneath the waves and the water close to me. It looks like people that are overwhelmed, right? Like tired of like the, the busyness of life, the pressures of life. But in the last sentence, it says, but you, God, snatch me from the jaws of death. Amen? <laughs> Isn't the Lord good? Even in the midst of all this, he is not giving up on you, man. I mean, he is relentless. He is hard-headed. He is so stubborn for his love for you. And when you're in the rock bottom, worship, worship, take heart, have hope. Jonah 2, 9, 10 said, but I will over sacrifices to you even now, Lord, in a crammy place, in the deep seas of overwhelming anxiety and fear. Here, I will over sacrifices to you with songs of praise. Your weapon is worship. Your weapon, our weapon is worship. That's it. Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out of the, of, of the beach. Friends, you will make it. You will make it. This is, this is the end. I pray. I pray that this is going to be the end of that season where you're under the water. Amen? Be in the community. Seek God. Worship Him. Don't give up on Him as He is not giving up on you. So if you can play the, this video again, um, you will see how the story ends, which is amazing. Everybody thought she's dead. And they already said goodbye to her, actually, in the command station. But something amazing happened. what you're struggling about but you will pop back to the ocean and you know what the, the current that lifts you up to the surface that's the grace of god that's his kindness that leads us you and me to repentance amen it's not your works it's not by your spirit it's not by your power but by the spirit of the lord that is in you and in it's in me he won't give up on us be plucked in be in the community do not despise your fish amen so, so, so go to the, go to the next point. It's crazy. After that, he was spit after he's out, out from the depression, out of his struggle. He was spit right back up to his mission field. What the Lord told him is exactly the same as what God told him the first time. So friends, we can just like do it, obey God without feeling, without smelling fishy, <laughs> or we can just like do it like smelling like a fish. You know, it's like either or it will happen anyway. So obey the Lord the first time. So what happened is like he was spit out right into Nineveh. He was out of his struggle and depression. And the Lord said, go back. I, my, my, my calling for you, my assignment for you has not changed. You cannot say no anymore, right? 
So you know exactly what I'm talking about because the Lord has nudged you about one thing in your life, and, and I don't know what, but you know. So Jonah said, fine, okay, fine, I'll do it, right? And he delivered like the shortest sermon in the whole history of the Bible. Literally, he went to Nineveh, and this is all he said. Eight words in English, five words in Hebrew. He come to Nineveh and he said, in 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. That's it. He didn't give like clever illustrations, funny story, video, presentation, nothing. There's not even an opening ban. You know, there's not even a worship ban. But you watch what happened when God moved. Even in the half-hearted, shortest sermon, Jonah, the Lord, next slide, revival truly, truly happened in that place. This proves us. It's not about you and I. It's not about us checking all of our Sunday service checklists. It's the Lord that moves through Jonah, through me, even in my flaws, amen? Even in our limitations, it's him who moves. So revival is simply the, the people are hungry and the Lord moves and they meet at one place and one time. And we are just a conduit for it. We can't take credit for that, right? Because it's not about us. It's about Jesus encountering his people. So Jonah 5 said, the people of Nineveh believed God's message. And from the greatest to the least, everyone, everyone declared a fast and put on burlap to show their sorrow. And then the king himself heard Jonah's words and he stepped down from his throne. We're talking about the Joe Biden of Nineveh. He stepped down from his throne took off his royal robes. He dressed himself in burlap, sat on hips of ashes, and he decreed to everyone. Listen, everyone in this city, I feel like this is a prophetic message to our city too. Everyone in this city must pray earnestly to God. They must turn from their evil ways and stop all of their violence. Perhaps even God will change his mind and hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. Church, listen to me. Revival happened because of God's relentless love and pursuit over you and I, and people were hungry. So how many of us are ex still expecting that to happen in our midst right now? Amen? It's not about who delivered the message. It's about the Lord moved in our midst. That's why we're hungry. So through signs of revival, it's not emotional, emotionalism, or tears, or good music, or goosebumps. The true signs of revival is repentance. Us turning from our ways, running to the Lord and say, I'm going to stop doing all that. I'm done. Here's my last piece of the puzzle. You can have it, Lord. I surrender. That's revival. So I don't know about you, but I want it. I'm done living in two boats. I want to pursue God with single-mindedness, with everything we have, because this is the time. Amen, church? This is not the time to sleep or being half-hearted. This is the time you go all in. The harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. He wants to partner with you. So my last point is this. God is good. He's pursuing you, number one, in the midst of your disobedience. He's pursuing you in the midst of your depression. And number three, he's pursuing you and I even in the midst of our distraction. Because what happened in Jonah 4, I'm going to close with Jonah 4. Uh, I'm not done yet, though. Um, it's to be the most uh, ironic st story that is written in the Bible. We see here Jonah standing in the midst of revival in his city. A lot of people come to repent to God, but this is what he said to the Lord. Next, next slide, Jonah 4. 
this revival, which is, according to Jonah, is a change of plan because he didn't plan for the revival. He planned for these people to just be banished, right? This change of plan greatly upset Jonah, and he became very angry. So he was distracted. He complained to God about it and said, didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? He was just ranting. This is why I ran away from Tarshish. I knew that you, are, you, you will do this. You're merciful and compassionate and you're slow to anger. You're slow to destroying people. You're saving my enemy, basically. Because this is like, like historical enemy, nemesis of his family. That's why he didn't want them to get saved. So just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted, again, I predicted, will not happen. I'd rather be dead. I want to die. I predicted my plan. I left home. Didn't I say? <laughs> How many eyes are in this place? And then the Lord replied, is it right, Jonah, for you to be angry about this? So when I read this verse, I was like, hold on, pause a little bit. Since when? Since when is this whole story about Jonah? Since when did we, all of us, make it about us? My preference, my agenda, my set list, my plans, my care group, <laughs> my ministry, and they all don't go according to what I planned. And the Lord is asking me, since when is it all about you, Joy? Like, aren't you supposed to not be in the picture? So that spoke to me because then your frustration stems from your selfishness, thinking that it is yours. But it's not you to begin with. It's the Lord and his people. So guys, before, before I move on, I feel like I need to address this. Because you know, Jonah come into a full crash of depression and suicide, suicidal mode right after the biggest revival and biggest ministry of his life, right? Um, in human eyes, that is considered success, but he was just went crashing down. This is just a side note. I need to exhort all of my leaders and um, builders in this place that Monday crash is real. <laughs> So, so depletion on Mondays, like after event crash, is real. So some of you, like my dear friends, come to me and say, Joy, is it just me? Or I'm, I feel like I'm so down and attacked on Mondays. And I was like, it's not just you because we pour all out. And Monday is your most tired state. That's why Jesus got tempted when he's done with his, his fast, right? He was weak. So, so, so I just, it's just, just a side note for all builders and care group leaders, you know, the one had opened your house to host. Monday... Sabbath is way more important, as important as your Saturday preparation. Because you're having care group on, on Friday, you, you're having Saturday practice, Sunday you serve again. Monday, that's where people crash. <laughs> so like what Jonah did, he crashed. So have intercessors to cover you, even on the Monday after you serve, amen? So just text people, pray for me on Monday, pray for me, cover, this, cover me with this. And then have a rest. So don't meet people on Mondays. You just need to rest, take a nap, go for a run, jog, go to gym, you know, spend time with your dogs and your wife, you know, just rest. But on Mondays, don't let your guard down. Do not just scroll on TikTok and Netflix for hours and hours because that's how David fell. That's how David fell. He just went out from war. He's done. It's like, oh, I let my guard down. Next gen's over. Easter's over. Party! You know, like, woo! Netflix 24-7. That's how David fell. 
Because you, Monday guard, Monday guarding yourself on Monday is as important as your preparation on Saturday. Amen? So I just need to put it up there. So, so back to Jonah. I mean, like, when is it all about? When did it all become about him? And it's crazy. I, I, need, to, I need to finish. I need to, to, to exhort you with this because the, what the Lord has been showing me about our biggest distractions in life is pretty shocking, even for me. It, it can fix me. So the Lord said there's two biggest distractions in humanity in this 21st century joy. And I'm like, sure, Lord. It's TikTok and it's Netflix. For sure, I know it's those two things. And the Lord said, no, 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 it's not that. And you know, go to the next slide. This is what the Lord showed me. The biggest distraction for humanity right now, even for you and I, the people who love the Lord sincerely, is ourselves and bringing glory to ourselves. That's one, okay? That's one. I was in a conference last two weeks with, uh, I was with Anne, Kathleen, and I was with Audrey. So we were in Edmonds, Westgate Chapel. We were worshiping. And then everybody come outside. Uh, outside. Like the worship leader um, also invited us. Let's worship in the altar. So the lady next to me, she's so cute. She's an old Korean lady. And she started to sing worship song in Seriosa's voice. You know, it's like, worthy of it all. <laughs> and, then, and then her voice is so good. But like, I could not worship next to her because, because I feel intimidated. Her voice is like angelic, okay? So that's the reason I go forward because it's not because I'm holy or anything, because I want to concentrate. I want to focus. So I stood right there in front of the drum cage in Westgate Chapel, okay? Presence of the Lord was like, bam. It was like, whoa, we're on the floor, okay? Like, oh my gosh, it was heaven on earth. Like this morning, how many of you feel God's presence? And I was worshiping and the Lord was showing up and I was like tearing up. And then for a split second, I caught my own reflection on the drum cage right there. I was, I was worshiping. I just like opened my eyes and there I was like in front of me. And guys, that distracted me way more than the old lady, Korean lady singing next to me. Because suddenly I become self-conscious. I become, oh my gosh, what do I wear? Why am I wearing that? Oh my, and I put, on, put down my hands, literally. And my concentration for the Lord is just gone. And suddenly, my focus for the Lord becomes a focus of self. And how many of us caught a glimpse of our own reflection, not on a drum cage, but on YouTube probably, on the screen, I was like, whoa, I look cool. Or like, ew, why do I wear that? And you make it all about me. That is the biggest distraction of worship. It's not TikTok, it's ourselves. And the word of God said, yes, you can stare the stage, but you can't share my glory, Joy. That's how Lucifer fell. If you go to the next slide, you say this in Ezekiel, Ezekiel 20, 28. That's exactly how he fell. He caught reflection of himself and his beauty got into his head. So he said, this is what, you had everything going for you, Lucifer. You were in Eden, God's garden. You were dressed in splendor. Your robe studded with jewels. You have all these different jewels all over you. A robe was prepared for you the same day you were created. You were anointed cherub. I placed you on the mountain of God for the day you were creation. You were sheer perfection. Lucifer and God was like that in the beginning. But go to the next slide. And then evil was detected in you. I threw you, disgrace, off the mountain of God. I threw you out because, read it with me, your beauty went to your head. 
You corrupted wisdom by using it to worldly fame. In NLT, it said your heart was filled with pride because, not because of porn or because of anything, because of all your own beauty. Your wisdom was corrupted by your love of splendor. So next slide. No, uh, stay in this side. How many of us Christians, in the midst of us worshiping our King of Kings, Lord of uh, Lords, we caught a glimpse of ourselves and our heart, it gets into our head. And then, without realizing it, our affections shifted. So instead of worshiping God, the Lamb, the King of Kings, that worthy of all our crowns and all of our adoration, we begin to worship our own worship. We're falling in love with our own plans, agenda, and ministry, and we love our works more than we love Him. So friends, I just want to exhort you today that this is not a condemning message. This is the Lord just snapping His fingers on top of you, say, guys, just snap out of it, realize that it's a distraction, and turn your gaze upon me again. Jesus, because I'm the only one that, you, that is worth pursuing. I'm the only one that deserve all of your worship. Two things. I was driving and the Lord just slapped me with this truth. And I was like, I repent, Lord. I start. I will repent first. Joy, this generation is really good at highlighting yourself, but not my word. Number two, you are more concerned about being seen by men, but not by God. You know that little, little, little word underneath that says sin by? You will click it and you will see who sees you. And the Lord said, you're concerned of who sees you, but you're not concerned about how I see you every day. So you're drowned by the applause of man and the likes of the world. How about what I say? What isn't the applause from me, from heaven, is way more, way more than what the applause of man. Because guys, guys, hear me out. If our concern... It's our eyes is fixed on Jesus and everything else, then soon, because Jesus is invisible, it will become about everything else. It will become about everything else. And we cannot let that happen. So I'm not saying, okay, quit TikTok, quit Instagram. No, 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 no. That's a platform to, uh, for us to reflect his glory too, right? I love that. I love photography. So we need to check our hearts. Who are we glorifying? Is ourselves or is it Jesus? Amen? So next slide. Next slide. This is... Oh, the Lord has, this week has been like crazy. Then Jonah, this is my last point. So are you with me? Can you nudge your left and right? Say, wake up. You know, she's almost done. She's almost done. But God is good. He's about to do something great in our midst. Amen. So then Jonah went out to the east side of the city. First distraction is our own self, our own glory. Second distraction. This is what's interesting. This is where my, my sermon's going to end, so I'm going to need your full attention. Amen, guys? Bear with me. Verse 5. Then the story of Jonah ended in a very odd story. Like, I did not get the story about the plants and the worms until last night, probably. And then Jonah went out the, to the east of the city and made a shelter. Everybody say shelter. Shelter to sit under as he waited to see what would happen to the city. And the Lord arranged for a leafy plant to grow there. And soon it spread its board, broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun. And this eased his discomfort. And Jonah was very grateful for the plant. Next slide. But God... 
also arranged a worm. The next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant so that it withered away. So as the sun grew hot, God arranged for a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah, and the sun beat down on his head until Jonah grew faint and wished to die. <sighs> I'd rather die, Lord, than to live like this. That's what he said. And then God says, and then his gentleness, Jonah, is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? And Jonah said, yes, I'm so angry that I, it's angry enough to die. So next slide. The second biggest distractions of life from the glory of Jesus Christ and from him using you to the full capacity in this end time in his kingdom is our own comfort. It's us wanting to please our flesh, not our spirit. How many of you know that the flesh is weak? The spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. So with all kinds of array of entertainment and comfort and like resource that we have right now, with all the kind of financial breakthrough that we've been experiencing, of course, naturally we want comfort. That's number one that Jonah wants. Even after the biggest revival, he wants comfort. He wants what can shelter me, what can, what can um, comfort me, what, what can pacify me to distract me from all my pain. And that is, my friends, are the thing that keep us from doing God's will in the mission field. <laughs> in the biggest story of Jonah's life, instead of being concerned, okay, Lord, how do I follow up to Ninevites people? How do I, how do I plan a church, you know, to, to disciple these people that cannot even tell right from wrong? He worries about a plant. A plant and a worm. So the Lord is telling me last night and just like, guys, wake up. The plant is not the point. Can you say to your left and right? The plant, whatever is comforting you, is not the point. It's never the point. You are not the point. I am not the point of the story. The plant is never the point of the story. Jesus is the point of the story. Are you with me? The people that need salvation in your city, your family, that has not known salvation and the, and the glory of Jesus Christ, they're the point. The one that is still lost, they're the point of the story. So I don't know what our plant is. I don't know what our plant is. This generation is called the most pacified generation because we are used to numb our pain with so many rays of entertainment and content that is constantly fighting for our attention. God give us technology like God grew the plant. God give us house vacations, means to enjoy life, but friends, do not grow comfortable in it. Amen? The plant is not the point. It's not your calling. Your job is not the point. It's good to have it, but be careful. He's a jealous God. He can't send a worm to eat up the plants because he wants to be like that in our lives. He wants to be, he wants to be like that in, in our lives. So sometimes he will remove everything that is distracting us from the true glory that we are supposed to experience day and night. That thing in the altar, that should happen every day in our house, every day in your car. That kind of glory, the kabod, the presence of the Lord. We have to chase after that. Can I invite the, the musicians to come? I just want to close with this testimony. It's more of like a struggle really like like if I can be totally honest with you um, 
um, I did not understand this passage until yesterday when I was about to sleep and the Lord actually gave me a good revelation about the plant and the worms. And he slapped me and said, the plant is not the point. <laughs> and what is my plant? My plant is my family. So if you know me, you know some people have a lot of dreams. I want to build a cafe one day. I want to travel the world. My dream, you guys, I just want to be with my extended family. My mom, my dad, my husband, my kids, my nephews, my sister, my in-law, Jason and Yov. <laughs> one moment in December, everybody's in the same table. And I said, this is it. This is all I want in life. I don't want anything else. I just want this. So, so I, my husband and I started begging the Lord. Lord, can we go back for good? Can we please go home? Because my dad is 70. Martin's dad is 80. I just want to be with them. I want to hold my nephews every day, right? On the weekends. So we started looking for, we started looking for, uh, houses, schools, jobs, you know, because like this is a, this is probably a good idea and Martin confirmed with me. This is a good idea. Let's do this. Let's go back. So the thing about comfort, <laughs> I didn't know that was my comfort zone until I come back here and then I can hear God's voice again. The thing about comfort, I could not hear God's voice in comfort because I had everything I needed. Why would I pursue Jesus? Right? That's what the Lord's telling me. And I'm back here. I flew back here with my kids and my husband. And it was like, how do we sell the house? I mean, I mean, we, he's asking about, Martin's already asking about like, how do we transport our furnitures? Is it better for us to buy new ones or transfer furnitures? You know, and we already have the logistics like, like, like planned out. But I remember because of jet lag, I wake up 5 a.m. in the morning. I couldn't go back to sleep. And I start seek, to seek the Lord again. I say, Lord, can I go home? And audibly, the Lord says, no, <laughs> no. I struggled with it. You guys know I struggled with it. And I say, why not? Isn't that a good thing? I want to be with my family. And the Lord said, no, you're not done. And the Lord said, you know, Joy, and I always say, why, 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 why? I just want to be with my nephew. I want to be with my in-law. I want to be with Martin's dad. I want to be with him. He's 80, you know, and all that stuff. And I keep like pursuing God. It's like, why not, Lord? Why not? It's like, I struggle with it. Why not? But then the Lord, one day the Lord told me this, you know, Joy, if I said yes to all your prayers and you still serve me, there's nothing special about it. But in the midst of your pain and uncomfortable situation, and Martin confirmed to me, with me, by the way. He said, yeah, it's not the time. <laughs> so there's always alignment with the Holy Spirit. So, but he didn't struggle with it. I did. The Lord said, in the midst of not your comfort zone, if you still serve me, then I commend that. That's something special. And I'm telling you guys, in the midst of this, uncomfortable thing you know because God says no to me to be with my extended family I got help I found Jesus again here I found Jesus and when I literally say give me Jesus there's one thing I want I really meant that song <laughs> just give me Jesus I don't want anything else 
Jesus, you are my one thing. I meant it. But within my comfort zone, I didn't mean that song because he was not my one thing. This is my one thing. My comfort is my one thing. And in my biggest struggle that day, Kenny and Adele went with me to, to a revival service day one. And day two, my family went with me, my kids. All of um, Martin went with me and some of you. And something shifted in those two days. The Lord restored the joy that I had for serving him again. And guys, I can testify to you, even my flesh is still, I still have dreams sometimes. Like after Sunday, I have lunch with mom, dad, you know, the nephews, everybody's together. I still have dreams and I woke up crying because I miss them. But at the same time, I have never felt so alive and in love with Jesus than today because he is my one thing. He is your one thing. And the Lord said, what is it that you're hiding in your pocket, that one piece of puzzle? Give it up to me because I want to be like that in your life. I want to be like that. I'm not satisfied with you just being busy serving me in the surface, serving your people. But I am back. I am, I am second place in your life. I am not taking the backseat in your life. I'm not satisfied with that. He's saying, I want to be like that. Face to face with you every day and countering you in a radical way. That's the place that where God wants you to be. Amen. So can we stand in our feet right now? In the midst of your disobedience, the Lord sent a storm to get your attention. In the midst of your depression, God sent a fish to swallow you into his community, to pursue you. Even in the midst of the, our distractions, the Lord sent a worm that removed the plant and say, I am enough. I am enough for you. I am the God of Jacob, Abraham. Isaac and Jacob and I am enough and this is going to be a battle for you where you encounter the Lord again friends your Nineveh is waiting the last verse that God has is this he said Jonah Jonah you feel sorry about the plant the plant come quickly and died quickly. That means the plant is temporary. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, childlike people who don't yet to know right from wrong. Should I not feel sorry for such a great city? The city of Seattle has 50% of their people still living in spiritual darkness, not knowing their right and wrong. What are we gonna do about it, friends? Are we gonna sit here comfortably? Are we going to be so distracted with our own life, our own glory, our own reflection that we forget that there's somebody that's crying in the dark, asking for help? If this is you, if you want to follow Jesus, if you want to rededicate your life, you want to give that one piece back to the Lord, lift up your hands right now. Say, this is me, Lord. Use me until I am no more. Use me until I am no more. You are my one thing. You are my one thing. You are my one thing. Lift up your 